This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our second reading comes from Revelation 22. This is the revelation of Jesus to the Apostle John. We are in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. Revelation 22, 1 through 7, and then picking up with verses after that. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. For the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. See, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Going down to verse 16. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony. For the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Verse 20. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus. Be with all the saints. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that you who gave this message to the church would now, by the Holy Spirit, enlighten us, illumine us, open our ear, make it so that when we hear, we would see and that we would believe and that we would live, and that others might live. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In this year of COVID, what is left that we can count on? There is so much uncertainty in business, in schools, in sports. Think about how the pandemic has affected the college football season this year. The Atlantic Coast Conference had a scheduled noon game. 
between Clemson and Florida State on November the 21st. Now, the Clemson team boarded their buses on Friday and spent the night in a hotel in Tallahassee. Early Saturday morning, as the players awoke, the news of their latest COVID test came in. One player tested positive, which meant the protocols called for cancellation of the game. Now, we had players and fans counting on this game. But instead, Clemson boarded the buses, drove back to South Carolina. Over 100 football games from college have been canceled or postponed this season. We do live in a time of disappointment and great uncertainty. But the last chapter of the Bible has good tidings that we can count on. We're going to look at what we can count on from Revelation 22. Human needs will be abundantly satisfied. We will see the face of God. And Jesus is coming soon. Let's look at that first. Human needs will be abundantly satisfied. I don't know where your image of heaven comes from. Is it cartoons or is it scripture? If it's cartoons, then heaven is often seen as us sharing a cloud with angels and we're all playing harps from way up above. The biblical, the biblical vision is not so otherworldly. It is instead new worldly. What I mean is that there is abundant water. There is abundant fruit given for food. It never fails. There's abundant healing for all the nations. We find in Scripture that heaven is not a place where we have outgrown or advanced beyond human needs. Instead, heaven deepens and satisfies our needs that we were given in our creation. Heaven is actually the only place that has the perfect conditions to satisfy every need. Contrast this with your last experience way back flying coach in the planes. Coach economy would be cramped, cramped tight seating, nothing but peanuts to eat, small amounts to drink. But heaven satisfies abundantly every human need. Contrast this abundance of heaven with the now crowded tenements whose renters are threatened this week with eviction. Contrast this with the six million Syrian refugees who are living in camps or all those babies and children starving in Yemen 
for the dire needs of the many COVID patients who have no room in a hospital but the hallway. Heaven meets every human need. And this is the future that Jesus has secured for us. The Christmas story reveals it. Jesus became human. He took on human flesh, becoming as we are, needing food and water, rest and education, work and relationships. And the Apostle John is shown that in heaven, every need is met by the river of life, the tree of life, the purpose that we're given in reigning forever. That means we have something to do. Let's look more closely at that river of life and the tree of life. Revelation 22 says that it's from the throne of God that a river is pouring that is crystal clear, pure, flowing right down the middle of the center street of heaven. And on either side, if you can imagine it, is the tree of life, and it is bearing fruit all the time. There's never a time when it doesn't have variety and fullness of fruit. The leaves are the healing of the nation. What is this saying? John is given an image that is meant for us to receive, oh, life comes from God. Satisfaction in life, it comes from God. Abundance, well, that comes from God. We see that again in Ezekiel 47, where the water that's coming from the throne in the temple actually gets deeper and deeper and deeper the further out it goes. And it goes to the Arabah. That is the Hebrew word for the Dead Sea. Now, those who have traveled to the Dead Sea know that it is the lowest elevation on the planet. It is 1,300 feet below sea level. And it is so salty that it inhibits life. And it even dissolves rock. But the water that's flowing from the throne gives fresh life even to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea springs forth in fish and abundant trees all around. Friends, this water, this life, is what Jesus has offered. He offers it today, no matter how deadly, no matter how unlikely our life situation is. John 7, 37. Jesus was in the temple grounds on the great day of a festival, and he cried out. It's one of the few times we see him crying loudly in order to make that exclamation. He said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart 
shall flow rivers of living water. Did you hear that? Come now, and this river that flows out of God flows into us and out to others. Do you want living water to flow out of your heart? Terry Lane of Jacksonville, Florida, he did. And his story illustrates Revelation 22 and John 7:37. Terry's cabinet-making business had 40 employees. His business was growing so well that he needed a larger, newer plant. He found the perfect building. It was perfect for his business, but the surrounding neighborhood was not. Every night, once he moved, his business began to be burglarized. There were broken windows, there were bullet holes, and stolen equipment. The police asked Terry why in the world he located his business so close to The Rock. The Rock is the nickname the police gave to a complex of 200 subsidized apartments because of the amount of crack, crack cocaine used there. Drug dealers, prostitutes, former felons lived in those apartments. It was so dangerous the police did not like to go near. From out of nowhere, Terry heard a thought that was so clear it seemed almost audible. Here's what he heard. If you'll love those, if you'll love those who despitefully use you, I'll take care of it. Stunned and shaken by what seemed to be Jesus' voice, Terry wondered how he was to obey this. Then he heard Jesus say, forget about all the shooting and the garbage. Look at the children. So Terry bought several basketballs, and he wrote on them, Jesus loves you, and Mr. Lane loves you. And he tossed them over the hurricane fence into the complex. One Saturday, while Terry was working alone, children from the complex came over to his property to play. He went out and heard them say, there's the man. So four or five little kids surrounded him, and he invited them in to open up the Coke machine for a cold soda pop. The next Monday, 16 children came in to the business lobby looking for Mr. Lane. And that was the beginning. 35 children soon were adopted by Terry Lane. He would find them coming into his office while he was at his drafting table. 35 children were on the floor coloring or making some project that he had purchased for them. These children were often hungry and unkempt. They were undisciplined, without structure in their lives. Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of them will flow living 
water. That's what happened to Terry. That's what happened through Terry to those around him. Terry eventually sold his share of the cabinet-making business, and he started Metro Inner City Sunday School. As the kids got older, they started youth groups and a teen program. Terry got an apartment at The Rock, and from that, staff feed over 145 children, physically, academically, and spiritually. Heaven abundantly satisfies human needs. Jesus offers living water, living food today. And this is good tidings to count on. The other thing we notice in Revelation 22 is that we will see the face of God. Because in heaven, there's now nothing separating us. From God. There's now nothing in between us. Think about what it will mean when we get the news that we do not need a computer screen between us when we meet. When we will no longer need to keep social distance. When we are no longer going to have to wear these masks that cover our face. The distance that we have experienced in this year is not even close to the distance that humanity has experienced between God ever since Genesis 3. But in heaven, there is no separation. We shall see his face. In Scripture, no one has seen God's face. In Exodus 33:20, God told Moses that no one could see God's face and live. That's because we are scarred by sin. Each of us has proven that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. Mark Twain, he once said that man is the only animal that blushes, and the only animal that needs to. We blush because of the things that we have done in the past. And instead of being able to look at God in the face, able to look at others, we try to hide when our conscience troubles us. How is it that we're going to be able to look upon God's face? Because in heaven we will be completely changed. Jesus is right now looking at us. Jesus does not turn away from us when he sees us in our sin. Jesus sees us through eyes of mercy and love. And he takes our sin upon himself. And in exchange, he gives us his righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. In 2009, Slumdog Millionaire, the movie, won eight Academy Awards. It's a story about poverty, and violence, crime, and child exploitation. 
It serves as a backdrop for a tender love story between Jamal, a young man from the slums of Mumbai, India, and Latika, a beautiful girl from the same slum. Jamal and Latika are tragically separated for years, yet Jamal never stops trying to find her. Against impossible odds, Jamal and Latika finally reunite. He pulls back a yellow scarf around her face, and he sees a long scar that disfigures her face. Latika turns away in shame, but Jamal, his eyes fill with tears. He holds up her face and kisses her scar. Not her lips, her scar. The scar itself is redeemed, somehow made beautiful. Jesus does the same thing with us. In heaven, we will see God's face because Jesus removes our shame and guilt, and he changes us by his love in God's image. This is good tidings to count on. Finally, Jesus is coming soon. Revelation 22 repeats this four times. It underscores the importance, the veracity. Jesus began his public ministry with these words. The time is fulfilled. It is near. The kingdom of God is near. The rest of the New Testament repeats the same. Romans 13, 12. Salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day is at hand. In A.D. 96, Jesus tells the apostle John he is coming soon. It is close at hand, very close. Now, you've heard of the doomsday clock. It was established in 1947. It is updated by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. It was reset this year to 100 seconds before midnight. Is this what Jesus means? Well, obviously, every year that passes since Jesus' birth brings us closer to his return. What this means in this passage is that regardless of the year when Jesus returns, we are to live in the presence with full awareness of God's future. We live in the presence of God in the present tense because of our full awareness of the future that is coming. Now, the coronavirus vaccine illustrates this. A preventative from this deadly disease is coming soon. For some, it's already a reality. But something greater than the vaccine is coming. Jesus is coming. He brings a new heaven and a new earth together. Our eternal future is at hand. Verse 16, 
It is I, Jesus, the bright morning star. The bright morning star. The morning star appears when night has reached its greatest degree of darkness. Though it is still dark and long before daybreak, when you see the morning star, you know that night is about to be over. You see, Jesus' coming has already begun. Hear it again, Revelation 1-7. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Not he will come, but he is coming. He is coming. Tomorrow night, December the 21st, NASA calls the Great Conjunction. It's not happened for the, the last 400 years. Jupiter and Saturn will appear within one degree of each other in the night sky. It will light up the night sky with what many are calling the Christmas star. Everyone can see it from anywhere. Now, what do the Christmas star and the morning star mean? Jesus is coming. It's already begun. He's already near. Are you living in the present in light of God's future? Have you come to Jesus and asked him for living water? Is this life of Jesus in you so abundant that you find that it's flowing out of you, bringing life to those around you today. Do you know your Heavenly Father in the face of Jesus Christ? Are you ready for the end? Revelation 22 is good tidings to count on for all who put their trust in Jesus the Messiah. He kisses our face. He puts on us robes of righteousness. Remember, remember the angel's message to the frightened shepherds, Luke 2.10. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good tidings of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord. Don't miss this child. He's lying in a manger. Don't miss this child. He is Christ, the Lord, the abundant giver of life. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.